the Champions cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, and as always, I am joined by Taylor Wells. Taylor, how is it going? How excited are you for next Friday? Oh, I'm super excited. I cannot wait for Link's Awakening Remake. I, um, I'm not sure how much I'm going to be able to play, play it initially, but I hope to at least get in a, a solid couple of hours. Also, meantime, in the meanwhile... My uh, my goatee growth is astoundingly impressive, and I hate every inch of it. Um, every inch implying that it's longer than one inch long? I don't know if it... Well, actually, I haven't gotten out the measuring <laughs> stick, but... <laughs> it's a lot, it's um, a lot longer yeah. than it was before, that's for sure. We, we're going to need to see some more photographic evidence of that on Twitter, because I oh, just... Boy. You know, I still think that it was photoshopped. But, uh, I, you know, what? I'm right with you, actually, about Link's Awakening. Um, my sister had the audacity to get married next weekend on uh, on Friday. And uh, well, actually, sorry, she's getting married on Saturday, but we're doing like rehearsal on Friday. And then we're doing like an after wedding party on Sunday. Oh, what so a shame. She's really messing with my Link's Awakening here. But, yeah, uh, you clearly. Know what? I, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get it. I'm going to play it. And uh, we'll have some impressions for you guys next week but yeah i'm i am super jazzed about i'm just this game i'm so excited i'm just picturing you at this wedding like with your with your switch just kind of like covertly under the chair and you're just, <laughs> you're just playing the game and then the minister is kind of just like giving you this evil eye you laugh but i mean that's what the switch was made for right <laughs> it's portable, true portable play um i'll put it down i'll give my speech i'll go back to my table and you know <laughs> So keep on, uh, keep on adventure and go on Koholint Island. And, and, and uh, before your sister like spills the wedding cake on it. Yeah, well, she did that. I, oof, I would uh, disavow her from the family. I Uh-oh. think I'd accept my new brother-in-law because he's great. But you know, <laughs> my sister messed with my Link's Awakening. I don't know. All bets are off. Um. So yeah. So we got a good show for you this week. It's, it's a weird show, and we're gonna. We're going to get into that in uh, just a second. But first, I guess speaking of Link's Awakening, um, I did want to mention to all of my Canadian peeps out there that uh, the time there's still time to go to your local 7-Eleven and get some Link's Awakening collector cups. Um, there's three different ones. There's one that shows Link. There's one that shows Link and Marin. And then there's one that just has the, um, the general... Um, island on it and it has the egg on the top and it just says link's awakening i got all three and i picked up about 10 or so for uh for some of you guys taylor over stateside that didn't get this because for once for once canada got the good promotion so roll tight on that super happy about it yeah i was about to include my address in the cast so people could uh feel free to send all their 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 extra cups to me yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I don't know how that happened. Like, I can't remember the last time that Nintendo of Canada had, like, a really cool promotion for anything that the States didn't have. It yeah, feels like the, somebody messed up. I, I don't know of any sort of, like, unique thing Canada's gotten. God bless Canada and our 7-Eleven cups. So, actually, funny story. So, I went to go into the 7-Eleven with my fiancé, and uh, this is the second one that we tried because the first one was all out. So the second 7-Eleven that we tried, they had a ton of cups. So um, I went in, and I knew that you wanted one, Taylor. Gooey wanted one. Um, a couple other guys on the writing team wanted one. And so I was like, you know what, I'll just I'll buy a bunch, and I'll figure out who wants what later. And, you know, we can, we can work on that at a later date. Which, also, FYI, shipping to the United States just sucks. But anyways, that's beside the point. But, so I walk in, and uh, I'm going to the counter, and I have, like... I have like a dozen Slurpee cups and this lady is there and she's like, do you want Slurpees with those? And I was like, nope, just the cups. And she's like, why are you buying just the cups? And I was like, well, it's for Legend of Zelda. It's like, it's a collectible thing. And I, there's there's this awkward silence. And I'm like, have there been a lot of people lo- uh, buying these cups in bulk? And she just like stops what she's doing. She like dead ass looks at me. It's just like, only you. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> I I look like a huge loser, but whatever. Give me give me a dozen. Is and, that when the uh, big neon know. flashing sign nerd alert popped over her head? Which is funny because I I thought for sure that there would be a ton of other people like me like 
buying up these collector cups. I'm sure there are. I, I it just might not. not be that particular store. I don't know. I, it seems odd to me too. You could you could just see in her eyes how much of a loser she thought I was. She <laughs> actually she said after she's like, "Well, there was a, a small kid that came in earlier and got one of these." <laughs> Well, hey, you know, she's free to be uh, jealous of our, our inner kids that we let out on a daily basis working for Zelda Dungeon. Because, you know what? Yeah. Honestly, like, those cups are really cool. Like, I, I think even if you're not really a fan of Zelda, like, the artwork is just super awesome. So, I don't know. It's, it's really cute. Yeah, she she was kind of, like, laughing at me uh, when I was leaving. But, you know what? I think I made a friend that night when I was buying those cups. So, um you know, shout out to Nintendo Canada for finally doing something cool. Um, we've got something really cool going on on ZeldaDungeon.net right now. We have Fall Brawl going on. And for everybody asking what the H is that, that is a 64 Zelda character NCAA style elimination tournament. Um, say that a couple times fast. But basically, we're running a series of matches uh, pitting one Zelda character versus another Zelda character, and you vote for whoever you like better. It's as simple as that. It, your reasons are your own. You know, you can vote however you want, but whoever you like better, you vote for them. Um, whoever has the more votes moves on to the next round and, you know, goes against somebody else until there's only one champion remaining. We are just about in the third round right now, so if you haven't been following along, uh, you got to head over to Zelda Dungeon and check out Vote for All Your Favorite Characters. Taylor, have you been following along with Fall Brawl? I have. I, I missed the first day of voting, which I was kind of ticked at. But um, I've been voting every day since, so it's it's been uh, pr- a pretty wild ride. Like I, Some characters are making it through that I really didn't expect, and then others um, are not doing as hot as I, I'd wanted. And, yeah, I, I think my votes are so not Marin. working lost in the first round which yeah. I, I, I was flabbergasted at i thought like marin was was gonna do really well like especially because we're a week away from Link's awakening uh, yeah i i was i was utterly shocked when when i saw the the final results tally in for that and she didn't even lose to somebody like really cool in my opinion didn't she, she lost lose to alfonso? alfonso yeah <laughs> from spirit tracks oh man all right the disgrace. I, I, you know what? I feel like that was people voting against Marin than it but was. But why? More so for yeah, exactly. I don't know. Why Strange. would you vote against her? It, it, funny enough, like I was checking the polls today as I was casting my vote, and like Alfonso was losing handily against. Oh yeah, it, he's getting destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I. It, it's this such world a shame. Is mad. Yes, agree. Yeah. And the fact that Tingle it lost. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. That hurt. I, I was expecting <laughs> our promotion of this beautiful man over the past few episodes of, of the Champions cast to improve his poll rankings. But uh, I think Goo kind of said it best in where I think people were less so voting for his opponent and more so just voting to get him out. Yeah, you see, that one I can make sense. I can make sense of. People voting against Tingle. I, you know what? I can understand that. I can even understand there was a match a couple days ago. It was... Uh, Navi and the Great Deku Tree. I can understand people voting against Navi because she's kind of annoying, right? And Tinkle's kind of creepy, so I can understand that. But Marin, I don't, I don't get it. That's gonna haunt me for a long time, I think. Oh yeah, I I'm already losing sleep over it, and I, you know me, I don't get enough sleep I, as it is. I haven't slept in days. Yeah, <laughs> thinking about it. This is unfortunate. Uh, yeah. So head over to uh, to Zelda Dungeon. Check that out. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, we did Musical March Madness, which is going to make a return in March of this year again. So um, I, I have a lot of fun with these uh, these character battle things. I'm kind of a nerd for that kind of stuff. So I've, I've really enjoyed it. So head on over, check it out. Um, you know, the, the finals are going to be going down the Friday and Saturday that Link's Awakening is out too. So you can definitely influence the winner of that. Um, Taylor, before we jump into our show, let's spend like one minute. At, at most, talking about Ring Fit Adventure. Oh my. What do you think of that? Uh, you know, and I guess, let's just lay the groundwork here. So Nintendo teased a new game that had a circular apparatus that looked very much like, uh, what, what was that, uh, what was that infomercial with the shake thing? Oh, shake weights? Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah. it looked very much like that. And they, like they had all these people looking like doofuses and like stretching and pulling this this circular ring and uh you know, everybody could see it was some kind of fitness game and then Nintendo officially announced it. And you know what? I think it actually looks cooler than I would have thought that it might when I saw the the teaser for it, if you will. It's like an RPG almost. It's it like it looks kind of like half Mario Run and then half like an RPG where you fight enemies and like your fitness attack is your it, or like the the moves that you do in real life are your attacks. So if you do a squat, it charges up and then the longer you squat, the pow- the more powerful your attack gets. It, it actually looks kind of fun, I think. It was also somewhat reminiscent, I think, of, like, Link's crossbow training. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can see that. You, you're kind of on rails for certain parts, it seems. Um, but then, yeah, like, the, the combat is definitely very Mario RPG-ish. Uh, and then, obviously, all the, all the fitness stuff is clearly inspired by their passion for, for Wii Fit. And how surprisingly well the, that, that game did when the, when the Wii came out. So... I'm I'm all for like video game companies, you know, trying to encourage people to be fit. Like fitness is a huge part of my own lifestyle. Being a diabetic, I have to, you know, make sure that I'm I'm healthy at all times. Otherwise, stuff can go really wrong. So you know, I'm I'm all about you know encouraging that, especially amongst amongst youth. But at the same time. I, I don't know how effective it actually is. I, I guess <laughs> we'd have to really see the numbers behind that. Uh, like, well, how many people who bought Wii Fit? Go back to Wii Fit, though. I mean, that was, like, a smash. Yeah, hit. but, like, how many people actually used that every day and and did significant workouts with it? That that would be the real question. You know, I bet you that there are some older ladies in this world that still use Wii Fit. I bet you. I, I actually know one of them. It's one of my mom's friends. It's actually quite there. You go. Quite funny. Um, yeah. So you know what? I didn't. I didn't hate it. If it's if it's not like a million bucks for the peripheral Halo thing, uh, I might check it out. You know. Okay. Now that I think about it, like I had I had way less issues with the the game itself and way more issues with the actual like commercial like. Yeah, the two guys that they had, me and Sam were watching it, and she was like, are they robots? I, d- I was going to ask you. I was, like, I, w- I was like, yeah, I think they are. <laughs> did this bother you at all? Like the, the guy on the right, I think the the person on the left was a, was, was a girl, but the guy on the on the right was what did it for me. Like, I didn't mind the girl so much. Like, she was fine. She was talking about all the stuff and features, but the guy just, like, he creeped me out. He bothered me. I was like, what is up with you? So I don't know, maybe uh, yeah. maybe Nintendo missed the mark with the marketing aspect of it, but hey, the game looks fun, so maybe it'll actually help, and we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I can't remember when they said it was coming out, but October you know, 18th, I, I, I believe. Check it out. Oh wow, it's like right away. Yeah, it's really soon. Hey, that's cool. Um, all right, so that's yeah, that's a thing. We spent more time talking about it than I wanted to, but you know what? I I just had to throw out that I was like a little bit. I was more impressed than I thought that I would be when I saw that commercial. So, uh, you know, sometimes we just gotta explore the odd things. Well, we are uh, we are definitely exploring some odd things today. We've been teasing it for a long time. This is going to be a companion piece to the written piece on Zelda Dungeon about this game, ripened tingles balloon trip of love. This show is all about the bizarre strange backwards world of tingles balloon trip of love and i am just fresh off of a playthrough of this game i did a hundred percent of everything that i possibly could i dove as far as i could into this game and i'm gonna hand the reins over to mr wells and uh answer some questions about this game because you know, it's uh, it's an experience, and not a lot of Zelda fans have played it, but I feel like if you are a Zelda fan, you should maybe go out of your way to, to either learn a little bit more about it, or just experience it from a distance, because it, it is truly unique. I feel like <laughs> this is something that's been said 
quite often, and, and proven through polls, is that Tingle is a much more popular character in Japan than he is in North America. Uh, and I yes. think that like maybe if every North American had had the chance to kind of explore Tingle the way Japan had, well, phrasing, um, you know, kind of gotten to experience his journey. Is that a better way of putting it? Uh, <laughs> maybe better than exploring Tingle. <laughs> <laughs> like the Japanese have, maybe? The, I, I don't know. I think uh, more, more people in America would like him. But uh, anyway, let's get right into it. Uh, the very first question is, I, I know you're not uh, too, too lingual uh, or fluent in, in Japanese, so how did you even get this game? It's, it's not really available in America, and uh, as far as I know, I don't think there's an official English translation. Uh, nope, there is not. There, this game was never released in uh, Europe or America. It was strictly a Japanese release only. Um, so Tingle's Rosy Rupiland was released in uh, the PAL regions, so that's why you have an English translation of it. This game was not. So for anybody that listened to our Rosy Rupiland show, and you remember my like back alley drug deal picking up uh, Rosy Rupiland behind the Tim Hortons at like midnight with my wife's cash, then um, you're probably expecting like a funny story about how I got Balloon Trip of Love, but actually it was comparably easy. Um, to get this game. So online, there is a uh, fan translation website that's called um, Tingle Translated. And they spent, I want to say, five years from about from about 2012 to about 2017 just painstakingly translating this game. And you know what? These guys did a awesome job. Because I, you know what? I think if I didn't know that it was a fan translation, you'd never know that this wasn't, like, an official Nintendo release property. Because, like, you know, the, the Tinkle games have, like, a very quirky, strange kind of humor and kind of writing to them. And they, they really, like, they really nailed that. Because, I'm, I mean, Taylor, you know that, like, not everything is one for one when you're translating. Like, sometimes you get the stuff, like, all your base are belong to us, right? So right. they did a really good job. Um, but anyway, so there's, there's a website online, and actually you can download... Um, Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love from that website, but me, I'm just like, uh, you know, I kind of want like, like a physical uh, cartridge or something like that, so I can put it on my display case because I'm a freak and and have like tons of Zelda stuff up there. And, and to me, just having digital only was just like, ah, I really want, I really want to see if I can find the actual cartridge for it. So they had, um, they had instructions about how you could put this ROM onto a DS cart and I was looking at this and I was like I, I feel like I'm just gonna totally screw this up so basically um, I was like okay well I have the English copy but now how do I get a cartridge of it and that was easy too so all I did was like head on over to Etsy and uh, Super Game Boy fan I want to say is his name is selling a already translated version of Tingle's uh, Balloon Trip of Love on a DS cart and I think it was only like 40 bucks. So I was like, hell yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Um, the only the only drawback to that is that it only works on the OG DS. So you cannot play it on a 3DS, which which kind of sucks. Because like it would have been kind of fun to stream this. But um, yeah, so I ordered that. Um, I had our good friend Locke uh, scan his... I think he owns the Japanese version of this game. So I asked him to scan the box me. art. <laughs> yeah, for, and for anybody that doesn't know... Locke is uh, the world record holder of Tingle's Rosie Rupee Land. I watched him play it at the marathon this year, and it was a trip. And also quite but, possibly um, Tingle's biggest fan besides Andy and I. Uh, yeah, you know what? I don't even know if Ting if Locke likes Tingle. I think he just likes the game. I, I don't know. I'd have to ask him about that. But uh, I know that me and you are big Tingle fans, that's for sure. It was well, heartbreaking when our boy lost. Yeah, I know, right? Ugh, still upset. Anyway, do continue. Um, yeah, so anyways, so I got him to scan the uh, the box art, send it over to me. I bought like a $2 DS game and just uh, threw away the game and the packaging. Put the box art in there, got my um, DS cart in the mail. Wham, bam, Uncle Sam. I had ripened Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love in my OG DS, and uh, I was off to the races. So it was I quite easy, actually. I swear, at some point, we're going to have to sit you down at, like, Etsy's Anonymous or something like that, because... I, I feel like every time we ask you a question about how you acquire these back alley things now, it's gone from back alley uh, Tim Hortons 
meetings to I got it off Etsy. It's like the new Amazon except for cool stuff. I have a quick sidebar actually. So a couple days ago, I was online on Facebook and uh, some dude was was selling um, some old Ocarina of Time toys. So he had like Phantom Ganon on his horse, Link on his on Epona, and he had Impa and and like Young Zelda on um, on their horse. Oh yeah, you posted like, a bunch of pictures about this, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I was like, holy crap, this is awesome! I got to get these, and I ended up buying um, some World of Nintendo figures. So there was like Sheik, Skull Kid, Dark Link, and uh, I think Link with the Goron tunic. So yeah, I posted a bunch of pictures of them. Um, Check me out on Twitter at Spateri316 if you want to check them out. I thought they were really cool. I was like, they were they were probably more money than I should have spent on them, but I was like, man, I, I got to have these. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the fa- the biggest issue you run into with a lot of this stuff is is money. Like, any anytime something yep. is exclusive or, or just plain hard to get, you're going to run into that wall where you got to decide, hey, <laughs> can my wallet afford this? In my case, probably and- not. But hey, you managed to, so let's talk you know some what, more. About I could it. be wrong, but I don't recall seeing the horse figures at Mossy's place either. So I was like, oh, if he doesn't have them, I have to have them. Just so I, I didn't have see them either. That he doesn't have. Yeah. But then again, Moss, like knowing Moss, he's probably got a storehouse like over in several places across the world where he just like keeps all the the esoteric Zelda stuff that he has. <laughs> you know. Yeah, probably. In any case, let's get back to Balloon Trip of Love, and I have to ask, like, you know, having now played Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land and experiencing that game for all the glory that it is, you know, before you even, like, sat down and got to play it, like, what was your mindset like thinking about, okay, I'm going to go through the sequel game to Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land and get a whole second dosage of, of the gloriousness that is Tingle. Um, well, I guess I'll, I'll preface that with like, for anybody that is interested in playing balloon trip of love, um, I, I would recommend playing Rosie rupee land first. Cause I feel like rupee land is, is like a softer, uh, <laughs> softer push into that world, I guess. Oh, um, oh it's, it's still plenty weird. It's still very weird and very strange, but Balloon Trip of Love is just like especially weird and especially strange um, on a whole other level. Like you, you can you can very easily see why this is a Japanese only release. So you you can see that immediately, pretty much from the first scene in this game. So um, I, you know, but, but I was excited to play it because you know I don't know what it was, but I was a couple months ago. I was just like I gotta play these Tingle games. Like I I gotta. So um, it just took got me a while itch. to finally. Yeah, I, I like I can't explain what it was. I was like, I was like, I got to play Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land, and within a week, I had I had gotten it. And it took me longer to get a hold of Balloon Trip of Love, but you know, I've gotten that one too. I think I'll probably eventually get uh, Tingle's Balloon Trip as well, which is which is a Tingle game in name, but it's really just a reskin of Balloon Fight on the NES, but just featuring like Tingle and um, maybe some other Zelda characters and stuff. So the, it's kind of like it's kind of like a game, but it's also kind of not really it'd probably be more akin to like something like metroid prime pinball where it's like uh, a zelda game in name only but yeah i was excited to play this game um very different from rosie rupee land but yeah I, I think anybody that's going to definitely i i would say that like there's probably nobody in the world that's playing balloon trip of love before they play rosie rupee land so would you say like probably t- a good thing so would you say Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land is kind of the uh, the tutorial level for for Balloon Trip of Love? Um, I mean not like not really in the sense of playing it because they they are like completely different types of games, but in the sense of like it's a strange setting and like there's a lot of like weirdly erotic things that some people might find uncomfortable just like kind of easing you into that world you you could probably say that yeah okay so kind of like an introduction into what you're in for is more along i I think like if you if you started with balloon trip of love like it's it's really really strange because like i mean both both rupee land and balloon trip of love are are basically you know zelda games in name only there's not really much to do with the the main series other than tingle 
right? And especially in Balloon Trip of Love, because like Rupee Land has a couple dungeons that you can go through. Um, Balloon Trip of Love doesn't have any of that, so it's it's very it's very strange. And I think that at least when you play Rupee Land, like you you do have some of those things. Like you have a couple dungeons to go through. You have like at least kind of a more like adventure style game where like you fight enemies there's bosses there, there's just like it's not as weird as balloon trip of love interesting okay well speaking of that what would you say like can you compare the two like well, what is specifically different about going from tingles rosy Rupeland to balloon trip of love is it purely like just gameplay mechanics or is even like this the the story even like way more different like explain that yeah so um so the story wise i guess i will start there story wise they have nothing to do with each other actually and and almost it's like (laughs) they almost take place on different timelines because there is no mention of any of the events that happen in uh rosy rupee land in Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love, aside from, like, small little Easter eggs. Like, when you play Balloon Trip of Love, you can you can see Barkle in the opening intro for a little bit, but he's not wearing his little Tingle tunic. Um, you can see, like, you can see some callbacks to, to Rupee Land. You can see, like, the little creepy map guy, and he still sells you maps. You can see some of the characters. But other than that, they are, like, completely different entities story-wise. Other than, like I said, the fact that you play as Tingle... Um, gameplay-wise, they are completely different. Like, they, they couldn't be more different. Um, so would you kind of say so it's akin so to Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time and how they're both kind of like the same same game but very, uh, very you, different? No, I, I wouldn't even say that. Like, they're this would be more akin to... I, you know what? I, I mean, if, if Balloon Trip of Love was called something else... Um, you would be, you'd be hard pressed to find any relation, um, and say like, oh, this reminds me of Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land. Other than maybe the graphical style, like, so the graphical style is the same. Other than that, everything is different. So Rupee Land is like more so an adventure game, right? Like you have dungeons to go through, you have um, items to collect, you have all this other stuff, and uh, Balloon Trip of Love is really like a point and click adventure like balloon trip of love has more in common with phoenix Wright or grim fandango than it does with rupee land or any zelda game for that matter um, that's an so interesting that's, comparison yeah and, and that's really like the whole crux of the game is like you you point and click in, in rupee land you can actually move around with the d-pad unlike the ds zelda games um spirit tracks and phantom hourglass in balloon trip of love you're exclusively back to using the stylus but it's not like you hold it down and tingle moves like you do in the DS Zeldas. You just literally point to one end of the room, you walk over there, you point to what you want to check out, tingle goes in and inspects it, etc., etc. Um, and then you you have three characters that uh, that follow you around that each have their own special abilities and stuff like that. So you can click on them and where you want them to act and stuff like that. But it, it very much is a point and click adventure. Like um, you know, me and you are, are both veterans of Phoenix Wright. That's one of our uh, favorite series and there's definitely a lot more in common with phoenix right i feel than there is with any other zelda game and and even i'd say there's more in common with phoenix right even than there is with um rupee land because like i said other than the graphics and the fact that there's tingle in this game they they really aren't the same at all i'm now trying to picture tingle as a lawyer and i am struggling to maintain a straight face right now uh (laughs) (laughs) so I, well, how would you – so how is it similar to Phoenix Wright? Because that is – like you said, like we've never really had a Zelda game that's kind of comparable to that series in almost any way, shape, or form. So it, it's very intriguing to me that, that, that you say that. Um, well, it's, it's, it's similar in the fashion that like – and I guess it's similar in the fashion because it's a point-and-click adventure, but like – you know, in, in Phoenix, right, you go around and you talk to different people. Um, you you get some different information out of them. You can um, investigate your surroundings, click on items, um, e- examine them, etc., etc. You, you can do pretty much the same thing in Balloon Trip of Love. The The dialogue with characters isn't quite as extensive, but um, you, can, you can have different actions with different characters. And 
you know, we'll get into this in a little bit, but female characters in particular in this game are where your interactions really, you know, are really are focused in this game. But, um, so you go around, you can, you can explore your environment, you can, uh, pick up items, use items that you find in one place to take them to another, etc., etc. Um, you move around very similarly, like you, like at Phoenix, right? You just kind of select from a list where you want to go, whereas you kind of do the same thing in Balloon Trip of Love, um, especially towards the latter parts of the game. You can, you can kind of choose what page you want to go back to. And I guess when we start explaining the story premise of this game, I'll explain what the pages mean. But so you can, you can kind of choose which setting you want to go back to and explore. Um, so it's, it's very similar in the sense that like, it's, it's, you know, it's your prototypical point and click adventure. Okay. So you, so that's the kind of game you, you described as kind of like a a point and click and point and click adventure combined with uh, somewhat like a, a graphic novel almost. Uh, or I, I mean, I guess you could say point choose your own adventure combined with like there. There are like certain adventure elements in it. I guess um, you know, it, it's as strange as it sounds. Actually, like it, it's almost like a point and click adventure combined with an RPG because you do have some battles here and there in the game. And they are context sensitive, so you have buttons that allow you to do certain things or send your your allies in certain places. Um, so yeah, maybe a point and click, kind of mashed with RPG. I'd say that that Balloon Trip of Love has more in common with a typical RPG than it does a typical Zelda game. Mm, interesting. If that makes sense. It, yeah. It's it's weird. Like you, it's it's primarily a point and click adventure. So you know, you're sending your characters here and there to do what you want them to do but there's kind of like a mishmash of other different elements in this game um and they and they use like the the touchscreen controls a lot for um for like the latter boss battles as well interesting well we'll dive into that very shortly but you were talking about the a little bit about the story earlier and we all know from our episode on tingles rosie ruby land how well, shall we say um, charming Tingle's Rosie Rupeyland story is. How is it uh, in Balloon Trip of Love? And is it is it comparable in any way? Or, you know, what, what, what kind of makes it unique? Is it even crazier? Uh, it's, you know what, it's, it's pretty wild, but it's wild in the sense of, like, your interactions with characters. So the basic premise is it is almost the same thing as um rosie rupee land so in rupee land tingle is a 35 year old single man no girlfriend no job still living with his parents and all of a sudden uncle rupee comes to visit him and says like if you give me rupees you can get to rupee land where all your your wishes will come true and so that was kind of the, the premise of that game and this game kind of starts off a little bit similarly and correct me man, if I'm wrong, Uncle Rupee is like the Hugh Hefner of Tingle's universe, right? You are 100% right. Hugh, you know what? Uh, Uncle Rupee lost in Fall Brawl, actually. I was really sad about that. Oof. I voted for him, by the way. Thing. Long live Uncle Rupee. <laughs> um, yeah, so so in Balloon Trip of Love, the game starts off, and uh, our man is upstairs. And, uh, you know, he's, he's still single. He's 35. He's living in his parents' uh, attic. He has no job, no nothing, and uh, you you watch him, and he's watching TV, and he sees an advertisement for a book called the... I think it's called The Balloon Trip of Love. I could be wrong about that. But in this advertisement, you see a dude dressed as Tingle, except this dude is, like, ripped, he's buff, he's got ladies all over him. So Tingle is watching, like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. And then... Uh, there's like a 1-800 number and it's like you could own this book for only two rupees so oh, god calls the number and orders the book and the book comes to his door like instantly and uh you know tingle signs for it and then he gets sucked into the world of the book and you know what here's a here's a fun little factoid for you that is true in both balloon trip of love and tingle's rosy rupee land um so when you start the game you actually get to choose the name of your main character and then tingle is more of a title than it is an actual name so the guy is named something else but the second that he's into 
his adventure and puts on the green suit, that's when he becomes Tingle. I am so... I'm confused. Like, that's... This is mind-blowing information. Like, I... I, do Have we ever known? There could be more than one Tingle. Yeah. I guess there are. They're the Tingle brothers. And they're always 35 and single. And, wow, this is really odd. Yeah, so Tingle is actually a title, which is uh, is pretty funny. But so anyway, so so Tingle gets sucked into the world of the book, and so Tingle he wakes up on a farm and he sees his grandma and grandpa, and they basically tell him like, you have to go to the city, and when you get to the city, there's a big dance party, and if you dance with the most beautiful girl who is the princess, then you can have any wish granted, and you can get back home if you do that. So Tingle sets off to the city, and he follows a yellow brick road to get there. So along the way, he's following this yellow brick road. He meets a couple characters. So he meets Kakashi, a young little scarecrow, who um, is very naive and gullible. And he wants to see the king because he wants to uh, wish for wisdom. Along the way, they then meet Bariki, who is a robot, uh, who is who is very heavy on analysis, but very light on emotion and heart. And so she wants to get to the king to to wish for the new, like, emotion module that the rest of the robots like her have. And then after that, following the Yellow Brick Road, they meet the aptly named Lion, who is a huge, strong character, but he is cowardly, and, uh, you know, he wants to wish for courage. So it, basically it follows... Your cast of characters here, Tingle, Kakishi, Bariki, and Lion, following the Yellow Brick Road, trying to get to Emerald City and see the king and see the princess. So, I mean, obviously the game is kind of like a ripoff of uh, uh, The Wizard of Oz. I was just about to say, I was like, this sounds a lot like a, uh, what was that guy from IGN? (laughs) It sounds like Nintendo kind of pulled that. Yeah, but like... It's more of an homage. It's a mixed to metaphor, is what than, it is. And a ripoff. It's like um, an X-rated like, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's a it's a weird erotic version of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it's a racy but, uh, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so yeah, so so they kind of ape the story of Wizard of Oz, but like in the best possible way, I think. Um, so you you travel with your characters. You're following the yellow brick road to to get to the city. And uh, there is all sorts of stuff that happens along the way that kind of derails you um, from your goal of getting there. And there is a a prince, uh, I can't remember his name, I think it was Prince Peabody or something like that. And he is actively trying to stop you from getting to the capital to see the princess. So um, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. You, uh, you end up boarding a train that looks like Tingle at one point in the game, which is like, I can't believe I'm even saying that. But it's uh, Tingle Spirit Tracks. It's, it's a trip. You know what? The train parts are really fun. Go figure. <laughs> Nintendo and trains on the DS, man. I don't know what it is. Hey, man, trains are fun, okay? But that aside, I mean, train, train, trains bring up a good point. Um, what are the things you can do in this game while you're traveling this yellow brick road, trying to get to the Wish Giver that is Emerald City? Uh, you know, can you, can you fight creatures? Can you, can you fish? Can you, I don't know, find love? I'm, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, so yeah. So maybe I'm not. That, <laughs> yeah, you, you might not be. Um, so the way that this game works is since you're sucked into a book at the beginning of the game, there are pages and uh, a page is, is pretty much akin to a level. So, like, you you know, you're on page one, two, three, four, or whatever, and you can, once you complete that page, you kind of move on to a new setting and, and start a new chapter, almost. But, um, so, yeah, so within the individual pages, there's usually, like, you know, a specific goal that you have. So, for example, I mentioned the Tingle Train, like, your, your goal in page five is to fix up the tingle train so that it actually gets moving and so that you can take it along to the uh, to Emerald City. Your, your goal in page six is to find fuel for the train because it's not moving anymore um, and, you've, and you've run out of fuel. And your goal in page seven is to, um, 
to complete a dungeon to get some some oil seeds that can make like gas basically for your train so, it's, there, so there are a, dungeons in this old, game kind of um i'll explain that in a second so okay there is there's uh there are like individual goals along with the overarching goal for each like individual page so you can you have your own kind of agenda with each page that you're on a big part of what you need to do is called the love push um frequently in this game there are female characters that tingle you know either needs their help in order to progress or needs to wait 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 yes love bush or love push the love push oh okay okay (laughs) that uh, okay do do continue (laughs) Okay, so I, I will. I'll just tell you what a love push is. So, and and like this, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't stand. It probably doesn't stand up well in two thousand nine, let alone twenty nineteen. But whatever. So, a love push is Tingle going up to a female character, writing down their name in his uh, female book of love, and he has notes on every female girl in the game. Oh uh, boy, <laughs> female girl, female character in the game, and. So basically, in order to love push a character, you have to go buy presents for them and present them with presents that they like in order for them to warm up to Tingle and then help him. So um, so there's a bunch of different distinct categories of presents. So there's presents that are pretty, that are cool, that are gorgeous, um, hobby presents, tool presents, rarity, food, etc., etc. So there's a bunch of different categories. Um, typically... A, uh, a, a female character will have about five or six categories that if you if you give them a present in that category, she'll really like it. There's usually about three or four that she hates. So if you give her a present in that category, your your love push meter will actually drop. And then there's one or two where they're indifferent, where it won't do anything. So basically the premise of this is that you can buy presents that you give to these characters and uh, with each successful love push that you do, or each successful present with the attributes that they like, it fills up your love push meter. And so your goal is to fill the meter in and earn a heart from these characters. Um, so you can you can buy presents that are like, they have a couple different attributes. So like what you want to do is, is try and figure out which attributes they like and then buy a present that has three of them. So you can fill up the, the love push meter and like, like you can fill it up halfway with one present if that makes sense but yeah so it's it's very like <laughs> it's very material because basically you just uh you're just saying like okay give the girls presents and, and they'll like you and uh it's it's funny because like literally every single female character in this game when they see tingle for the first time says something along the lines of like oh my god it's a pervert or it's a molester or something like that and you're oh. like whoa oh yeah my. it's <laughs> They're not. They are savage to to our man Tingle. Like they, you know, you frequently hear characters say just how ugly he is and how like creepy he is and whatever. So basically, so, it's Tingle in America. Uh, honestly, man, pretty much. Um, you, so okay, the goal hold on, rewind to, real quick. You know, you yes. said that you said that this game kind of like is a uh, kind of like comparative to say Phoenix Wright or Grim Fandango. This sounds a lot like a dating sim. Like the way you yeah, just described you know you... that mechanic, it's like a ex- almost exactly like mechanic for mechanic a, a a Japanese dating sim. Yeah, that that's I mean that's not far off the mark. Um, and we're we're jumping a little bit ahead here, but basically there is four or five. I think there's five female characters that you have the option to love push. Female girls. Once. Yes, sorry. Um, so these these characters in the game, you, there's like the main love interests for Tingle, and so every character uh, or every female in the game, you can um, you can love push, and then they have one heart, and then once you complete a love push, the one heart's filled up. They'll like you for the rest of the game. the The five girls in this game that are the love interests have three hearts, so you have to love push them a bunch of times uh, over and over again in order to get them to like fill up their hearts for you so that you can dance with them at the end of the game basically. And there's like there's some other things that are involved in in getting that love push. Like you don't just buy them presents. You have to for most of them you have to unlock something in order to get them to even be willing to receive the present in the first place. 
But um, yeah, so I mean, I mean, the long and short of it is, you basically just give them presents, and uh, they're nice to you. And, Can you uh, lose hearts and, and help you in your adventure? No, you can't lose hearts. Once you have a heart, it's there forever, which is good. Man, do I wish that was the same in real life. <laughs> yeah. Um, t- so to answer your earlier question, you actually can go fishing, and fishing is a pain in the ass. I've really struggled with it uh, at the beginning of the game. I had to go to the Tingle Discord, actually, and upload a cell phone video of me trying to fish and uh, ask for help because I, I, like, I couldn't do it, and I was like getting super frustrated. I probably spent about two hours trying to catch a fish. I seem to recall ridiculous. two straight days of you complaining about this fish or fishing yeah, mechanic I'm... and posting these pictures in, in our Discord as well of you trying to catch a fish. And I could I was like looking at the picture and I couldn't quite grasp what even was going on, like what you were supposed to do. Like where you, how, how does it's the mechanic horrible. work? Well so basic Save really some future easy viewers some trouble. It. Okay, yeah. So it's easy when you understand it, but they don't explain it very well at all. So basically in order to fish, you click on the water and then you have to have bait. So you click on your worm, and then you cast your bait. And the second that Tingle gets a, gets a catch, he'll start wiggling or whatever. And Tingling. you're told to... <laughs> yeah. You're told to click, um, but not wait... Or not be too hasty, because the fish will, will jump off or whatever. And then uh, once you click, you you pull your reel up and you, and you have your fish. But... So I caught one fish as a fluke, like, the first time. But I was tra- you have to catch a fish in story in order to progress. And I couldn't do it at all. And it took me forever to learn how to actually get the timing down. So anybody listening to this that's going to play Balloon Trip of Love, here's how you catch a fish. You put, your, you put your bait in the water. The second you see the little yellow exclamation mark on Tingle's head, you have to put your stylus down on Tingle and hold it. So you have to hold it down. And that's what they don't tell you. And that's what I was just like flustered about. Poor so, translation, um, maybe. I, maybe I don't know. Because and and I mean like walkthroughs aren't really readily available for this either. So, but yeah, the second I showed the guys in the Tingle Discord, they they kind of helped me out with it. But yeah, for anybody out there, PSA: you got to hold your stylus down on Tingle when you're catching a fish. Otherwise, the fish will get away and eat your bait. It sucks. Kind of reminds me of that's probably uh, the worst part of this game kind of reminds me of that one event in fire emblem three houses where you have to catch the fish for for flane i think it was uh and i for the longest time it just took me forever because i i didn't realize you just have to keep fishing because i just kept catching a fish and presenting to flane hoping she would take it and then i realized now this is probably a quest item (laughs) it'll probably tell me when i get it so yeah you know i liked fishing in fire emblem i thought that it was yeah actually it was it's quite fun it was definitely Uh, not as difficult to grasp as what you just explained no, it was a, it was a huge pain in the ass. I was like, I didn't play it for like two days because I was so flustered fishing, actually. Ouch. But I caught the fish eventually, and uh, I did the fish side quest all over, catching the different fish all over the world. So it all worked out. Um, circling back to your earlier question about dungeons, there are dungeons, but they're in name only. So there is like an arcade shop that is run by two guys named Dunn and John, which wow. is hilarious. I'm um, so so done. So basically, it's like the super sick arcade shop, and you can find cartridges hidden all over the world in this game. And they're like little NES cartridges, and you bring them those cartridges, and those are the dungeons. So they're like, they're not dungeons, they're basically mazes. So you start off, and you go through the maze, and your goal is to collect coins, and then make it to the end of the maze before time runs out. And it sounds kind of lame, but it's actually kind of fun, and you can make just like a buttload of money doing this um you know money or rupees rather become kind of scarce in the in the latter parts of the game especially when you're buying presents to to love push so going back to the dungeons a lot and doing um uh, one of the mazes is like a really great way to get you a couple thousand rupees and uh, you know they're, they're kind of cool there's like these little enemies inside that you bump into and you do rock paper scissors battle and if you lose then you you get like 30 seconds shaved off your time and if you win you get like five seconds put on or whatever so yeah if you explore the dungeons you can um you can make a lot of money and i think there's about eight different dungeons or something like that and they all have their own like kind of color scheme or theme with them but i mean they're basically all the same thing they're just mazes 
that uh, you need to get through. And there's three levels to each, so if you get to the bottom of the third level, you have completed the dungeon. But it's definitely not a dungeon in the traditional sense of the word. And so those are mostly optional, or there are some that are absolutely necessary to complete in order there, to beat the game? There is one that is necessary to complete, to complete um, and that's where you get the seeds to make fuel for the tingle train. Um, the rest of them are all optional. You have to find them over over the world. So each page has its own set of secrets that you can go back and do. And a lot of them you can't do while you're on that current page, if that makes sense. But um, so if you if you've completed like let's say that you're on page 12, you can go back with the items that you get in page 12 and complete all the secrets on page one, two, and three, for for example. And a lot of that will unlock you like a cartridge or it'll unlock you an item that you can use to love push on a character, um, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, you can, you can find the cartridges all over the world. Very interesting. Okay. So rupees, are they kind of like a a main focus like they were in Tingle's Rosie Rupee Lang? Cause you're saying that like you can get a bunch of them in, uh, in the dungeons, but they're kind of scarce otherwise. So what what uh, what is the point of those rupees then? Um, honestly, no, rupees aren't um, a major focus in the game. Like So in rupee land, uh, rupees literally were your health. So if you ran out of rupees, then you were dead. In Balloon Trip of Love, you don't really have health. Um, so you don't need to worry about that. The only point of rupees in this game is pretty much to buy presents to love push. That's their main focus. And there's some other, like, little mini-games you can do, like the dungeon um, and stuff like that. But mostly they're just used to buy presents. How realistic. These presents? No, the... the (laughs) Using rupees to buy presents. (laughs) And that rupees aren't health anymore. I wish I could remember some of these presents, because they're... Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know what I'd do if I got a present like this. But, yes. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so, all right, well, it sounds pretty interesting so far, if a little bit frustrating in certain regards, a.k.a. fishing. Uh, how does it compare uh, yeah. to Tingle's Rosie Rupilan and, and other Zelda games, specifically Zelda um, DS games? It, it, it is frustrating. There, there are definitely some points in this game where you're... It, it's... This game suffers from the same kind of syndrome that a lot of different point-and-click adventures suffer from. And Such even Phoenix Wright is guilty of this. Whereas, like, you'll you'll need to do something, and you have a solution, but the solution is so obscure and not what you would have guessed, and, and just something that just seems, like, totally random. And when you figure it out, it's not just like, aha, of course, I can't believe I missed it. It's just like, what? How does this make sense? But, okay, I guess this is what I need to do. So, so more along the lines moments... of thinking way outside of the box as opposed to kind of like, a, oh, I can see where that came from, or... Yeah, like, I, I think, like, thinking outside the box is polite, even, to be honest. Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense in the context of, like, you know, what's going on. And Phoenix Wright is guilty of this sometimes. There's been times where you present evidence in trial, and it's like, okay, this doesn't make any sense, but I guess, like, if this is what I do to need to... to and what I need to do to advance the story, then great, but... So, Balloon Trip of Love definitely has moments like that um it has a really clumsy kind of time travel mechanic um and so basically you get a balloon in the latter parts of the game and that lets you revisit previous pages but instead of just going back to the area that you were already in it takes you back in time to like when you were there but when you go back in time it's not like you can change the stuff that you did. When you go back to the, the page that you've already been to, the setting is, it takes place after you've left. So if that sounds really confusing, it's because it is. It, it's just it's really clumsy. It's not handled very well. And the worst part is is that each page kind of takes place in chapters. So like there's three or four chapters. And so when you when you leave a current page to go back, to another page and and you want to get back into the main part of the story and go back to your current page it basically makes you redo a lot of dialogue and start from the beginning of a current chapter in your page and the game makes you go back um like like it's mandatory to go back in a lot of times and and refine a lot of things so 
it's it, it's very it's very clumsy. That's the best word I can think of. So I was just about to ask, back, like, what's the point of the time travel mechanic? And you kind of briefly let's, answered it. I'll I'll give you I'll give you an example here. So. Um, I mentioned earlier that you needed to find these seeds in the dungeon to make fuel, right? Right. So, in in chap or in in page six, you buy a plot of land where you're going to plant these seeds and grow the fruit that you need to make the fuel for your tingle train. In page seven, you go ahead and you find the seeds. In page eight, you go back to your plot of land, but you find out that this lady has actually sold it to someone else who's offering like a trillion rupees for it. So in page eight, what you need to do to advance is take out your balloon, go on a trip, go back to page six and plant your seed right there. But you need to go back to page eight after that, basically revisit the entire opening stretch of dialogue. And then you can go up and then there's different dialogue because you've planted your your seed in the past. It, it's just like it's it's kind of shoddy the way that it's implemented. It would have just been a lot easier to just travel you know, use it in the same manner that you can travel in, in Rosie Rupee Land, where, like, you can use your balloon to go and visit previous areas of the island, like, whatever way that you want. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about it. Uh, it, it definitely, it was a momentum killer in, in some aspects, but, um, you know, I, I guess it's, that's probably the worst thing about this game, and I can live with that. Um, to answer the rest of your question, in comparison to, the other Tingle games and, and Zelda games. Um, you know, I, I would say Rosie Rupee Land is, is a better game, I think. But it's also, like, this is just such a different game from the rest of them that it's hard to judge it based on the same criteria. So, like, this is like, like this is really an oddity in, in terms of the Zelda games or even the Tingle games where it's just, like, it really is just its own thing and it's hard to compare it using the same parameters that you would with the other games um this this game could definitely be frustrating at times but i think it's you know you're you're you play tingle's balloon trip of love to experience the quirkiness and the weird characters and all that stuff and in that regard like i mean this game absolutely delivers so you definitely get to experience tingle you you definitely do it's like the gameplay is a little bit clumsy at times but you know if if you can live with that and you just want (laughs) to experience the world of tingle then you know i i think it's i think it's easy enough to overlook put it that way okay fair enough so as with all things tingle weird is quite possibly the norm so obviously blue balloon trip of love has to be filled with weird moments can you think of any specific ones that would be Interesting to our listeners. Uh, I mean, there are just like, there's some really weird stuff in this game. Um, I actually, I took uh, not screenshots, but because the DS doesn't do that. But I literally pulled out my cell phone and took camera pictures of the DS while I was playing this game. Every single time that there was something strange happening, so there is a complete gallery of just weird stuff that I have. And I'm going to post that in the Balloon Trip of Love article that I write. So you guys can go and check that out. But um, Maybe we'll get a just... tweet story from you on it, too. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah that, that could work. There, uh, there, There's just, like, really strange stuff. Like I mentioned, like, every single character in this game calls Tingle, like, a pervert and a molester and just this creep. Um, the way that you save in this game is there's a floating pig. And when you click on him, he says, I am Pig. Do you want to save your game? There's no context. There's no explanation. It's just Pig. So that's how you save. Um, when you complete a dungeon, you see a 3D render of Tingle just dancing provocatively at the bottom of the screen. Uh, it's it's just, it's, it's so, it's a strange game, man. Like the end of the game sees Tingle um, dancing and you got to input Tingle dance moves and stuff. It's like... It's, it's, wow. it's bizarre. It's bizarre. I, and I almost I like I almost don't want to say anymore because I think if I have sold anybody listening to this show on playing Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love, you should really just experience it for yourself. You know what? Like I I think you definitely sold me. This is absolutely a game I have to play <laughs> now. 
But what about everybody else? Is is it a fun game? Would you overall recommend it to even just casual Zelda fans? And about how long is it? Have you beaten it yet? Uh, yeah. So I I did a hundred percent run. Took me thirty hours. So it's it's a pretty meaty game actually. So you'll you'll definitely get your money's worth out of it if you want. Or I mean, not that I encourage it, but it is also available for free over at uh, Tingle Translated if you have a legal copy of the ROM, of course. But, um, yeah, so it's a 30-hour game, so lots of stuff to do. Uh, would, would I recommend this to a casual Zelda fan? Probably not, because it really doesn't have anything in common with Zelda games. Like, Rosie Rupiland has at least a couple things in common with some Zelda games. This, uh, and like you said, like this is like half parts dating sim, half part Phoenix Wright, a little bit of RPG in there. So it's not going to appeal to anyone that's a fan of, like, the Zelda gameplay formula. Um, I would recommend it to to the, the more hardcore Zelda fans that just want to experience, like, all of the different titles in the series. And, um, you know, if, if you're a fan of games like Phoenix Wright or, like, Grim Fandango, like, it, it's... You're gonna, you're probably gonna like this game. Like, it's, it's really strange. You know, you can, you can tell why this game was never released in North America. Um, it's kind of frustrating at points. Like I said, there's some clumsy mechanics in it, but I think that there is a lot to like in this game as well. Like, Tingle is just such a charming dude that it's, it's hard not to, to empathize with him during the course of this game. Um, the, uh, the support characters that you have, Kikishi and Buriki and Lion, they're all really great. Uh, I thought in this game as well so you know it's it's an adventure worth having I you know I, I can't say I'd recommend it to anybody that's looking for a Zelda experience though so just you know put that on record if you are expecting a great Zelda game this is not the game for you um, if you want an experience that just happens to have tingle in it then I think absolutely you should uh, check this game out so bottom line give tingle a shot if you're curious yeah, it's uh, it's a trip, a balloon trip, of love. Yeah, I'm I'm so sorry for that awful pun. I, it's it's no, I forgive you. It's uh, it's an experience for sure, and I'm glad that I have it, and I'm glad that I've played it, and uh, you know I don't. I never mind. I was gonna say I don't know if I'll ever play it again. I think I probably will. Um, I was going to perhaps recommend that we play it at the Zelda Dungeon Marathon, but I actually think that this game is is probably too long for what uh, for what time we would have allotted for it. So it, it's definitely an experience. Hopefully, you know, one day we can play it at the Zelda Dungeon Marathon just to give everyone more of a hands-on experience about what this game is like. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, you know, it's not if you want to give it a try it's not that hard to find a playable copy of this game so i i recommend it well remember the avengers have or not the avengers but uh, loki has the chitari and zelda dungeon we have a lock so we can just put him in front of the game it won't last that long uh yeah that is right like this is uh again it, it's just it's very 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 different from any other Zelda game or Tingle game, so. Hey, you know what? Sometimes that's all it takes in order to, like, really just make a fun experience. And I think, um, I think both the Tingle games, especially from the way you've described them, have, you know, that kind of merit where they're they're out there. They're not exactly traditional, and they're just they're they're plain fun in their own right. So, I'm all about it. There we go. All right, this is I, I've I've been talking about Tingle for too long. Is there any other Tingle questions that you got before we uh, jet out of here, Taylor? I got nothing. But do you have anything else to add? Don't don't judge a Tingle by its cover. <laughs> um, you know this this is a fun game. Give it a try. Um, you know you might be pleasantly surprised. Who knows? Fans of Phoenix Wright, I think would would dig this game. Well, then I and definitely all, play it. I hate to even use this term, but like, for everybody out there that's like all about waifus, is that how you say it? Waifus? Waifu warriors? Okay. Yeah. Okay. For all you waifu warriors, this is a game for you, for sure. Wow. 
I, that that's a ringing endorsement if I've ever heard one. <laughs> yes. Well, we hope that you give us a ringing endorsement for this week. We played a lot of tingles that you guys don't have to. And uh, <laughs> my God, we this has got to be the most extensive tingle podcast in the world. I, I I can't think of anyone that spent more time on tingle than you and I have. Well, he is a man worth spending some time on. That was really hard to say with a straight face. Oh, God. Uh, well, we're glad that you guys spent some time with us talking about our man Tingle today. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Um, of course, we want you to head over to SoundCloud and uh, Podbean, iTunes, all of these major podcast apps. Like, subscribe, comment, leave a review. We really appreciate it. Um, you can find me over on Twitter at Spateri316 and Taylor over on Twitter at if underscore Bluehawk. That's going to do it for us. We are, uh, we're out of here. That's enough tingle for today. There's never enough tingle. Goodbye. Stay safe, everybody. Mm-hmm.